Welcome back, welcome back. Beyond the shop. We back at you with another one. I'm your boy in the building. Pretty boy freak, aka the professor. What's going on? Um, I got my man H Town to my left. What's good, fam? Oh man, everything, brother. What's good. Everything. All right, question for you. Who you got in the rap battle? Uh my man uh Bust Around versus. So what you mean? Who like, can handle them? Who, who can, can handle, handle Buster Rhymes? Uh, trying to think of somebody who, because he can flip styles quick. Exactly. Like he can flip, mm. flip, flip on you. Maybe um, Jada Kiss. Maybe Jada Kiss. John, mm, I don't know Buster. if that will work. Buster wow. Rhymes versus Jada Kiss. Wow. I don't know. He already went. Yeah, Jada Kiss already. He yeah, but he went twice. Already. He went twice already. He did. Jada Kiss went twice. Yeah. What about Twister? Oh, oh. Now that would be no. That would be a. Well, he, got, he can get him on the so, speed, but that's all speed he guys. does, though. Like, yeah. speed guys. like Buster be flipping it. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear too short come step on step into this. Yo, too short on him? Yo, <laughs> yeah. nah, that would be crazy. They'd have to do it like... <laughs> See who's nasty. Like West Coast. <laughs> West Coast. <laughs> now, I'm saying, you know, you could do like too short versus 40 Walter. <laughs> 40 Walter? <laughs> 40 Walter? <laughs> Who is 40 Walter? I've never heard of that. E 40. Oh, oh. You, you know, he be pulling out some... Like, you know he do. We should That's have right. his wine next time. <laughs> yeah. Wine. Speaking of, what's up, Starbix? How you doing, man? In the house. You in the house. What's good? What's good? Oh, I'm happy I'm f- it's Friday. Glad to be hanging out. Something smells good. What you cooking over there? Oh, you know, Masaman curry with chicken and shrimp. Nice. Oh, so it's about to be on and popping. I hope y'all ain't got no allergies to seafood. <laughs> nah. Men who cook. EpiPen. All day. <laughs> All right. I shouldn't be saying... All no. day, like I cook. Oh no, you don't cook. Survival cooking. Oh, <laughs> survival cooking. I won't die. All right, all right, all right. All right, bringing out the claws. We got my man Logan. What's good, fam? How you? Good. I'm good. You good? You nice. feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling this... positive. Yeah, yeah. It's big change. Big good change. Good things popping. So, yeah. I Let's like go. That. So we ready for war? Still, baby. We ready for war? I'm ready for war. I know he's ready to battle. I'm ready to battle. You know what I'm saying? That's a general. <laughs> What's the general? What's good, Marv? The What's engineer up? in the building. Yeah. What's I know up? you're doing a lot of juggling. Uh, not too much. Too much juggling? <laughs> Yo, how was the salsa class? Um, that was dope. That was dope. So I feel like now I'm doing like I'm doing salsa and bachata. Uh, I feel like I have a tiny hint of rhythm, a tiny, just tiny, tiny, just tiny, tiny, tiny hint. You of a rhythm. whole yard boy. <laughs> I know the the jeans, what? the jeans didn't kick in, but no, no, it didn't. It didn't. Yo, can he, can he borrow your outfit? <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Yeah. You have a yard boy outfit. Yo, I did a whole um, a salsa class with a performance. I had done Shut like up. some local like salsa club with our, with our joint. Up. Yo, like oh, it was a lot of fun, bro. I was there. I, it, I was, it was great. <laughs> oh, I got. I enjoyed it. Got town to the fullest. Now you're gonna have a good time, bro. Yeah, I was taking classes for Yo, glitter, sparkles, like the whole joint. Aventura is my ish. Okay, Aventura is one of my my favorite bands. Yo, see, I feel like that's the problem. Like I'm not connecting with the music. Like you know, if I listen to hip hop, I'm like, I you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to rock into something, into something. But DMX, like, like like the music. I'm like, okay, well, one and two and three. No, like you're counting, and it's very probably stilted. As opposed to you just going natural. Right, it's gonna take you some time, bro. I've been trying to like listen to it on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You eating the food too? Huh? So you gotta eat the yeah, food. Is that you gotta immerse yourself. Yes, totally immerse yourself. Arroz con pollo, platanos, crema. 
that's, Yo, that's, that's a great idea. But now you gotta you gotta do that thing. Oh, yeah. it's Caribbean music. Like for me, I swear, Latin music is the dopest aphrodisiac out there to me. Mm. It's so amazing. Yeah. Like just that rhythm. Once that, it once has that the potential to on, be if you can actually like pull off, you know, oh, and, and handle yourself on Listen, the dance floor. It's so oh. sensual. It's so sexual. It's so powerful. So next year, <laughs> 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 I got this. Twenty twenty three. Alright, let's go. We're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna go out there. Gonna, I want to see this ruffled shirt and everything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> roses <laughs> clenched Spanish. between Spanish R. Yes, Spanish R. I want to see it. You got this. You got this. All right, that's what's up. That's what's you up. You gotta get the special. Shoot. No, <laughs> the one that curls up in the front. Yeah, the road stompers. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. The road stompers. <laughs> yeah, that's craziness. Yeah. All right, fellas, so we're gonna get into it. Um, tonight we got an interesting topic for you all. Uh, it's called parentification. Yeah. Uh, so parentification. Mm, say that one more time, two times. Uh, parentification. Mm, I can't say it. Yet. Parentification. 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 Yes. One there more you time. Go. Parentification. Yes. Is defined as the phenomena with children take caregiving responsibilities and assume such a role for their parents, siblings, or other family members at the expense of their own developmental needs. Mm-hmm. Yo, when I read this, I was like, yo, this man just read my book. This is my <laughs> book. He took a page out of my early life. I did not know that it was specified in such detail. Mm-hmm. What happened to me? Um, so it's crazy. So me and Star Bixler, we had this conversation like a couple of times um, where where we were talking about the the you know just the roles that we picked up on um on just just being being parents or being being put into this role as adults when we were kids mm. so so we talked about it and um and I, like this is what what came to my mind like yo you know a lot of times we're like for me i know personally for me like being a husband being a dad like I was prepared for that. I, like, mm. I felt like I was prepared for that because I started that role early. So I was why. like, yo, you know, this is a perfect topic because I'm sure like a lot of things that we've said in the previous episode, it, it just kept on reminding me of this. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Bob Bixler, definitely, you, you brought this up to us, Lauren, last episode. Like, mm-hmm. you know, or I think in the personal conversation about how, I, like Marvin's saying, I was prepared, you know, at a very young age. Like, now I know why. Right. You know what I mean? At a very young age, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was parentified. You know, I definitely had to take responsibility for a sibling, responsibility for parents, and for adults. You know, so it was crazy. So now oh, I know yeah. why. Um, see, my brother was born when I was six, so I would have to say six, seven years old. Right. Um, you know, uh, parents were on drugs early, so friends, parents over. You know, they doing their thing, getting high. I'm looking after him. You know, making sure he's eating. I'm eating. We're safe. You know. Um, and just taking on that role. And then, you know, mom's just making sure I knew how to cook. I knew how to clean. I knew how to take care of myself and manage when she had to work. So, like you're saying, like, this stuff happens. It happened early. For me. The the old term that we used to use is, like, the lock-key kids, you know, yeah. the ones who come home and take Because, you know, because yeah. you're the – because uh, – what is it? Latchkey latch kids. Latch latch kids. Latch yeah, kids. there you go. Latchkey latch kids. So because they they're the ones you know who have to take care of stuff while the parents are working one to two yeah. jobs and yeah. but the you know at the time they weren't thinking of like you know what are the repercussions of this and you know it was when uh, the psych the psychologist that that actually came up with the term you know she started talking about it, she did some research on it and it was like you know what what happens to those kids when they become adults you know yeah. and a lot of times one of the things that that comes up the most is them saying. I never had a childhood. <laughs> I yeah. never had a childhood because I started uh, by being an adult from, from when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. ultra responsibility, often. Mm-hmm. 
craziness. And so when I read through this article and, and read through, you know, the prep work for tonight, that was the reoccurring theme. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, you didn't have a childhood. You did, you, you were living life <laughs> early. You know what I mean? You didn't understand what it meant uh, to do and be free and to have freedom. Um, and it's all you knew. Like while your other friends are probably out playing with toys and having imaginations, right. and, you know, just letting themselves just be. Yeah. You're cooking and you're prepping and you're watching your kid or you're changing diapers and mm -hmm. making formula. And I learned how to cook super early because I was hungry right. and there was nobody around. So I was like, I got to eat. So like survival skills kicked in like immediately. That's like all you know. And it's just like, dang. And as you get older, the impact is what we talked about last week mm -hmm. where you're in relationships. And again, reading through this, it just said it perfectly that you overcompensate. Mm -hmm. Um, you you do a lot mm -hmm. that is unhealthy, mm -hmm. not, not you know, no good boundaries, right? Um, and it was really intense just to think about that. And a lot of times you take on these roles where you take on these roles and you end up developing or or seeking a partner where you kind of be the parent and you're the caretaker, <laughs> right? Yeah. I read become, that you become the caretaker for right for your partner where you know whereas you again giving 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 being the parent like you yeah. know you, you just take on that role, yeah. Um, I, had, I think talking to my pop a few years ago, he talked to me about like a please you and a please me personality. Mm. And I definitely fell in the category of, you know, please you, you know, and that was my, that was my thought always was to please whoever I'm around, you know, um, self, low self-esteem, all these things come up because, you know, you're not developing mm. individual skills for yourself in personal care because you're always in the role of caregiver. Mm -hmm. And <coughs> I think when you're in a relationship, especially as a father, husband, whomever, you can't do that all the time. You have to have firm boundaries, I think, in order to <coughs> and be selfish right. and not feel bad for, for being selfish, which is something else. That's, that's a hard thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I guess my question is like, okay, just judging from what you guys are saying, mm -hmm. like the impact of parentification on a mm -hmm. person can be, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like gargantuan, right? right? Um, but I don't know, would you say that, not that you could say that there's positive aspects of it, but thinking about like me raising my kids and mm -hmm. how I feel like sometimes I overcompensated for them and maybe gave them too much, right? um, maybe didn't give them enough opportunities to be responsible. Um, and I love my kids and I think they're fantastic, but you know, I feel like I overdid it. So I guess just thinking about, you know, what are some of the aspects of your experience that you feel like it, are any of those things like maybe transferable to like, let's say, who you are as fathers, like as far as some of the things that you and again, I don't want to act like it was like, you know, like this really great positive thing. I mean, mm -hmm. just judge, judging from how you're talking about it, it was right. really rough. But I'm thinking like right. you guys were able to become productive men. Like you taking care of your kids, you take, you know, you got jobs, you're able to sustain jobs, you're able to, you know, you know, thrive as men. So mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know what, what is there like, I guess I'm saying like what kind of, um, what, it, what, what were you able benefits? to obtain from having that level of responsibility that might transfer over to like your parenting? Does okay. that make Yeah, I get um, sense. So I'll, I'll start 
in an actual like relationship like i know for me personally like you know a lot of times where you know stereotypically when when you're getting ready to get married you know the man's probably sent they're sweating bullets and and like oh my god i don't know what i'm gonna do you know like that was never my that was never me when i got married I, and i got married what in in my early 20s so when I got married, I was like, it was like double Dutch. Like I was ready. I was, I was, I was ready. I was gotcha. swinging back. I was ready. I was prepared. Gotcha. Like, You're like prepared. I knew what to do. Like, I mean, even before, even before got, we got married, you know, I wanted to make sure that we have a house together. I wanted to make sure my career was good. I wanted to make sure that she was fine. Like, and I carried that on all throughout my marriage. Like, yo, I, I always felt like, I always felt secure and like knowing that I got this because I've been doing this for so long. As, since I was a kid, since I was kind of like what you said, since I was like six, seven. So I already knew that I had that. And then going into having a kid, like when my kid was coming, I, I wasn't worried. I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? I, like, I got this. And, and even so like easy. now, like when even now with her being early, with her being so young, I'm still like, yeah, I got this. It's not a, it's not. I've never gotten to a point where it's like I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. Like mm -hmm. I've never felt yeah. that way, and it's still early, of course. But I still, I've, I've never felt that way. Yeah, yeah. I think to answer your question, Facetime. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I, th I think to answer your question as well. Um, I think it's a gift and a curse. Mm. Um, the experience and the preparation were definitely helpful because I think, as far as my parenting is concerned, um, my children didn't have to suffer the same fate. I think they suffer a different fate, which this article brings up. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I was prepared. I knew what to do immediately. I had I had the whole thing laid out. Mm -hmm. It was it was easy. Where most struggled, I found no problem. Mm -hmm. I wasn't stressed out. My friends, I remember, you know, I'm a young father, 18 years old. My friends are looking at me sideways. You what? She's what? What are you about to do? And I was just the calmest person in the room. Like I had the <laughs> whole thing figured out because I already raised my brother. I, I took care of him from the rip, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Diapers, formula, food, taught him how to walk, taught him how to talk, mm -hmm. you know, I helped educate him. So for me, it was like, oh, I'm just doing this all over yeah, again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I had the experience which impacted my parenting in a positive way because mm -hmm. I didn't have the stress of what am I going to do? Yeah. So what about, I guess, so with both of you guys, so your experience and then your confidence and essentially like your ability to provide right being so secure in that space though too like did you notice with your partners did that make them insecure because one of the things that you guys both described though too is typically when most people have kids they start freaking out and everything else though mm -hmm. too right um when it seems so normal for everyone to kind of you know feel so unprepared and stuff like that um did you face any i guess hardships just relationship wise with that because it's like here you are so calm so ready you know so prepared for like literally prepared but then potentially you know maybe your partner not prepared though too or say not prepared but uh feeling the normal feelings of yeah. like anxiety around hey this is new this could be a lot or whatever that may be yeah i think it was very jarring for my partners for me to be so calm and open you know, because they have an expectation, you know, you, you know, and then I think the other part of that is that me being so calm and prepared made them feel insecure mm. It made them feel like they weren't adequate. And they, you know, what am I bringing to the table? You know, and it, it was, I think, a competition and a struggle for them to kind of be at the level I was at, not understanding that I was just open to be able to handle everything, you know, um, and, you know, there's. 
I think that was a detriment for me early on in my relationship. Um, I think both both my relationships with both my children's moms, I think that was a detriment um, because they felt like, what's my role? Hmm. And it was like they fought for that attention. I would have thought that that would have made them want to like do better, step up, like you know. I mean, I think I would think that too. But my 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 experience with that has been that they felt it, it made them feel insecure. Instead, mm-hmm. it made them feel like instead of just saying "ooh, rally behind" and like "ooh, I got somebody in my corner, let's do this together," it was you know, damn, am I not good enough? You know, it, you know, or. In my case, it was he's going to take my kid. You know, they had the fear of he's going to do it better than me. Mm. Well, I sort of want to come from a different angle because, like, I don't have the experience that you guys have. Like, I don't have younger siblings. Well, I have a lot of siblings because my dad was a rolling. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But I am my mother's only child, Mm -hmm. so um, I don't have that kind of experience. And... I actually think when we talk about it in in that way that mm-hmm. like you kind of take um, like you presented as though the experience helped you and I don't necessarily think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that we are all individuals mm-hmm. and like I could have never said that I can't say that because my dad was shit that made me want to be awesome. Right. because there's a lot of people that their dads were shit and then they were shit. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I, I just think it comes down to personal choice mm-hmm. and like what you want to do. So kind of like what you were saying, Marv, um, I felt like I met the right woman because I never was really geared towards marriage, relationship, having children. And then I met a woman who to me made it all make sense and then the idea of having a child was awesome and then we had a child and it was awesome Mm -hmm. and then that became my world and um it didn't matter about money it didn't matter about anything because i had a wife i had a kid and i had a chihuahua and (laughs) you couldn't say and you couldn't say shit to me (laughs) like you couldn't say shit to me i walk around brooklyn like i own the shit Mm -hmm. Because I was floating on my cloud, my magic carpet, whatever you want to call it. And, like, happiness is what you make of it. And, like, that's where I was trying to be. And it's just, like, I couldn't imagine doing anything different. Mm. Um, Like, I had a son, and that was super important to me. And, like, it was amazing. And... I guess at that point I I realized that like yo I can give this human being something that I didn't have. You know, my son in his first day of life got more time with his father mm. than I've had in my lifetime. Wow. And I'll be 50. That's big wow. stuff. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like I just couldn't imagine things being yes. any other way. Like I can't even fathom the idea of having children walking on this earth that I'm not so connected to, but that's me. So I don't know that anything prepared me for that because like I said, it doesn't matter, you know, there's the abuser and there's the abused. 
which path do you take? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Do you become the advocate or do you become the aggressor? Like, it's individual, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. I think that the men in this room, you know, we share, you know, similar, you know, ideologies. We have similar events that have happened in our lives, but we're still our own individuals and we do things how we do. I mean, I think we offer each other support mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we face, you know, certain obstacles dealing with, you know, everything in life. So, I don't know. I just wanted to address, like, what you guys were saying because, like, I didn't have that experience. So, like, I never felt like I was prepared, but I felt like I've always been responsible right. and, like, taking care of business. Like, I don't change diapers because I like it. I change them because I have to. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't pay bills because I want to. I have to. Like, I do what I got to do so that I can try to lead the life that I want to lead. Okay. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So for the, for the people in the room who have, who grew up with both parents, or right. grew up within, in a traditional, if you will, household, do you feel like you were, parent mm, I can't say this word, parentified, mm -hmm. and or <laughs> if you weren't parentified, um, how do you think your upbringing, as opposed to Marv's and I's upbringing, affected your parentship, your fatherhood? So I actually had an interesting uh, experience because um, most of my <clears throat> like life, as far as like having two parents in the house, had to do with you know my stepmom. Mm -hmm. um, my natural mom actually had left. Um, you know, my dad and they had gotten divorced mm -hmm. and, um, so I wouldn't say it's necessarily like to the extent of, of you guys or even mm -hmm. Christian, cause you know, like you said, I had two parents, mm -hmm. um, but my natural mom suffered from mental, uh, disorders. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so... I was actually fortunate because my older sisters um, dealt with a lot of the brunt of what her condition mm -hmm. um, warranted as far as responsibility. Okay. Um, it wasn't until later that I found myself having to do some of the things that you guys did mm -hmm. at a young age. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so getting back to your original question, um, what I would say is in that window of time, when my dad hadn't remarried mm -hmm. you know i really got to not that my memories are very clear because i was very young okay. at the time but i've heard the stories of my sisters and just talking mm -hmm. about how he took care of them um took care of them while he was still single and okay. all the different things that he did and all the ways that he really made them feel special okay. um you know so like those stories resonated with me um, and then also, like, having the benefit, like, I think to Christian's point, like, how he was saying, like, with, just because you don't have it doesn't guarantee that you're just automatically going to be um, opposite. Just as if you have two solid parents, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be like that. Right. Like, it can go both ways. Right. Okay. But, you know, seeing that example, seeing, you know, the lives that they both touched in their own way, um, you know, it's, I would say... 
it would make it far less acceptable. Not, as, not that it's ever acceptable for a man to drop his responsibilities, but if you've been watching that mm. and seeing that, you really got no excuse right. as far as I'm concerned because right. it's not like it wasn't being modeled for right. you. Right. So I'm thinking if, 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 the, if nothing else, it really should um, take away your opportunity for excuse. Right. Okay. Because the, you, you saw it. The sad part is that there's a lot of people who do see that they still come up not not doing it. No, you're right. I mean that that's that is the sad part. I know like for me, like the crazy part is that like my mom, like my, my dad was never in my life since I was like seven. And he was super abusive and like he just wasn't in my life. After that, like I left Jamaica and came up here and you know, my mom kinda came up and I I got up here because because he was so abusive. Um, but I remember like a part of that is that my mom spent so much time and energy like focus on making sure that and this is a part of the parentification, making sure that I'm the kind of husband eventually that, you know, she wished she had. Um, so even when I was married, like she used to call my ex all the time, be like, Hey, you know, is he doing this? Is he doing that? Like she called me like, make sure you take your wife out. Like, you know, constant, it was a constant wow. thing. Um, and even if, you know, even if she, you know, she'll call me and she'll give me lectures. I'm like, yo, what the hell? But, but it's, it was constantly, it was constantly like getting a lecture. Like, hey, you need to make sure you do this. You got to make sure you do that. Even when I feel like I've been doing every single thing that she's ever taught me, everything, every single thing that she's ever groomed me. But that, that drive has always been there. And, and it's not just about, you know, what you learn and what you have to do and the responsibilities and, you know, even your own personal choices of, hey, I'm going to be better than my father. I'm going to be a better dad than my father was. But, you know, so much of that, so much of that is like drilled into you sometime or some of that responsibility is drilled into you. It kind of like plays a role into the one, the relationships you have and to the kind of person you end up becoming. Mm. So, yeah, uh, Marv, let me just chime in real quick, because mm -hmm. I think also um, I mean, I'll just speak about like, you know, this culture. Um, we always want to blame somebody. You know, so it's like, you know, um, the parents didn't do this, you know, the school didn't do this. Like, everyone's always trying to pass the buck. But, like, you know, the, the one thing that I learned through life is that we as humans, as beings, like, we form our own opinions at a very early age. Like, I have a daughter who's almost three years old, and she'll tell you about yourself. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's not about what she's learned. It's not, you know, like we are all influenced by a lot of things mm -hmm. you know we're influenced by tv social media friends family whatever but i'm saying like everyone has their own spirit and it doesn't matter you can take the two like you can take two people give them the exact same upbringing and one will be a billionaire and the other one will be homeless mm -hmm. i'm the professor my brother's the thug <laughs> perfect example and you helped raise him yeah. but that didn't See, matter because my parenting skills ain't my, my parenting skills was whack from the beginning man. <laughs> but that's what beginning. i'm saying like it, it, it's not about like that's why i'm saying it comes down to personal choice like mm. people choose what they want to do when it comes to my kids i don't tell them what to do i give them guidance because i know that yeah. they're going to do what they want to do but i also think that your environment has a heavy influence on that oh, and who you're around has a heavy influence on that your parents what you're around has a heavy i would influence say it has it, it plays a part it does i mean we don't come out the womb just oh i'm me 
You know what I mean? Everything around us impacts who we are. No, I understand that, but I'm saying like no one has access to this but the individual. I'm saying you can influence it, right. but at the end of the day, like, you know, I can tell you to go smoke heroin. I mean, shoot heroin. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing that. Y'all know I right. Because it doesn't matter what I say. And right. people could constantly reinforce you should try this. But I think the difference here is that we're peers and friends, right? When you have a parent, a mother, a father, or a caretaker, and this is all you know of the world, you're just coming into the world, you are looking, you're leading, they're leading. And so you're taking, I think, influence from, because they're around you. So you're like, oh, this is what I must do. These are the only humans that are around me. This must be what it is. And so I think early but, in your life and development, I think they have a huge influence. On how I'm not know. saying that parents don't have an influence. Like, I'm not trying to say that nothing influences people, but I'm just saying, like, from the time you were five, regardless of what your mom was saying, you had that, but you also had these other things. Like, there's certain things that didn't click. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have that experience. Like, there's certain things that just didn't seem right. And generally speaking, when you're in a situation that's not really like a five year old shouldn't be like, shouldn't have the problem of their parents physically fighting. Mm-hmm. So when they do physically fight, that is going to resonate. And that's when you're going to hold on to it. You know, so. It's going to seem odd. I mean, you're going to have your reactions to it, which makes sense. Um, But I I think, you know, what we're talking about is just, you know, when we have those heavy influences of parental figures um, and how that impacts everyone um, in in your life and, and what you do. I think specifically, you know, talking about like the emotional parentification, right. where you become, you know, we talked about grooming and like being your mom's boyfriend or right. being your mom's confidant, right. and she's training you and teaching you. Um, you use the word grooming, you to be this person um, that you may not have intended to be, but this is all you know, right. and all you know, like you said, this is why Marv and I were ready. Because we've been boyfriends for a long time, right. we've been husbands for a long time, right. we've been fathers for a long time, and so when their experiences came to us, they were easy. Like I knew, I knew how to manage bills. I knew what it was to pay bills. You know, just things that you just kind of, I, I won't say instinctively knew, but maybe had a, a, an instinct to be, instinct to be better than I, than what I saw around me was it, my instinct. It's a part of that nature versus nurture, you know? Cause I mean, like there's two people like I'll use me and my sister as an example. We we're both raised in the same household. We both experienced the same things, and we both took very different paths. I decided to be responsible. I decided to have that the world's on my shoulder. She decided she's gonna drop all that responsibility. <laughs> she's chilling. Well, that's because she has a big brother that's gonna take care of her. <laughs> and but then you have my little brother who who's a whole lot more like me, and he had a whole lot less responsibility than my sister did. And he's like a second me. I mean, I think it's definitely, it's definitely about who you are as a person, and then you know your your influences. But going back to like uh, emotional um, parentification, um, you know, a, a lot of it, a lot of it is could be like you know, like yes, the it could be something as specific as like say you know my mom who's like hey, um, you know you need to do this and you need to do that, or it could be that you come home and your mom is like crying because she broke up with her boyfriend. She's mm-hmm. telling you all the thing, and you gotta be the one to make her feel better mm-hmm. because she don't know how to keep herself together. Like mm-hmm. it, something like that. Um, 
and that happens all too much. I mean, parentification is a trauma. Um, it definitely is a trauma, and, and it affects people. It affects people, and it's not just like oh, it's this positive thing that you know now we're all responsible. It's like mm-hmm. it's this thing where later on. It affects your relationships. It affects the kind of people that you end up dating. It affects mm-hmm. the kind of people you're attracted to. Because Judge. if you if you're into this, if you can't come into this possibility, if you see the world where you're always going to be responsible for everybody else, um, that's that's the way you see the world. So when you're looking for a partner, you're and you're not looking for oh someone who's going to take care of it. You're looking for someone you're going to take care of. Hmm. You know what? It's it's interesting, you guys, because. I think of, you know, when I looked at this list of um, examples of parentification, you know, at the top of the list for me was divorce. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about how my divorce with my ex-wife impacted them and thinking about some of the things I've seen in the younger generation, um, things that I've seen in my own, you know, kids, seen things that I've seen in um, you know, kids that are, you know, in my family and I guess just really just trying to get a sense of how we can best support our kids. Not that, you know, our kids saw their parents on drugs or incarceration, but right. you know, divorce was at the top of the list. Right, right. It was. Mm-hmm. So thinking about like, you know, what has that experience been like as far as, you know, trying to help our children mitigate the damage that's associated with right those experiences what's that been like for you like you know so that's something i definitely think about i mean right now um luckily i think my daughter's still too young for her to actually see our dynamic but that's something that's i mean especially she sees it she definitely sees it i know she sees it i remember one time i remember one time we were doing exchanges and I swear my daughter like looked at us and she like looked at me and she looked at her mom. Y'all suck. And, no, she looked at us and she she's like, Oh y'all she she had that look like, Oh, y'all know each other. <laughs> oh, wow. And wow. she was like sitting there staring at both of us and I was like, Damn, damn, like this this is a problem. Like this is a problem. Um, but like even like, you know, think about later on when she's when she's older and like like this, like I don't want I'm hoping that between me and my ex that we become in a, a better place where we are able to communicate a lot better because a lot of that is going to bounce back on our kids. A lot of that is. So, like, I would love for my kids to be a, to be a kid as long as possible. I stopped being the kid when Did I was, like, four. I was, yeah, yeah when, I, when I saw my, my father beat the shit out of my mother and I had to take care of her, that's when I stopped being the kid. Wow. Um, like, so for for my daughter like you know i want her to be a kid as long as possible like i, I want that i want her to yeah. enjoy that innocence i want her to mm, not yeah. have to worry about stuff like you know when i was when i was a kid when i was a teenager when i was in middle school i was sitting here thinking about how i'm gonna help my mom pay for rent. bills like, yeah. yeah like that that was it so i'm trying my best to work on my relationship with my ex because one i don't want it to be like you know angry parents them you know venting all that crap onto them and then then that, you know, then my kid being stuck with that and then her trying to figure out between her mom and dad, you know, just trying yeah. that, like, all of that is what yeah. I'm working, I'm active, like, that's my incentive. Even when I talk to, like, talk to my mom and talk to everybody else, they're like, nah, man, you need to, you need to fight. I'm like, nah, like, I'd rather, I'd rather focus on, like, stop this 
this this um, fight and this so I could focus on the, the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is how this is going to affect my child. I got to tell child. you, that's that's awesome because when you experience loss, like I haven't experienced divorce, but I definitely experienced loss in my children's lives. Um, and so I'm constantly thinking about how that impacts them. Mm. I'm constantly thinking about have I made the right steps to help them, you know, mature and grow and they're, I'm nurturing them the right way because, you know, they have losses. You know, both their moms are gone. I haven't really been in really good stable relationships and so I knew how that affected me personally and like you know looking at this article there's a section here that talks about you know the parent may be physically there but emotionally absent for instance due to a mental or physical illness unresolved grief or loss of another child or spouse or whatever so a lot of times I think I'm on autopilot you know I've been doing this for so long that you know they have everything that they need but sometimes I feel like I'm still not there mm. I feel like emotionally um, I'm not like for the hardest time for the longest time it's hard for me to hug my kids mm. Um, mm. sometimes I don't want them near me you know because mm. I feel like I'm giving off these, these these vibes you know I try to contain it as much as possible because you know I have my own trauma and I don't want them I don't want them to be uh, a part of that wow. I don't want them to feel any of that so like I keep a certain distance from my kids and sometimes I have to actively force myself to you know be loving or be more outwardly expressive and emotional with them mm-hmm. just so they know that I do love them I do care mm-hmm. and I'm not just going through the motions you know um, but it's hard because there was a distance between my mother and I mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean and as as we grew the distance just grew further and further and further and further apart and so now you know, my biggest worry as a parent is you know, am I doing the right things to make sure that they are living and having a life, like you say, free of the drama, free of my trauma, free of my mm-hmm. drama, mm-hmm. so they can just be their own individual self and grow up and just be cool? Yes, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> By what? You think so? With the way that you parent? Of course. Oh. I, w- I wouldn't look at you as a peer and a support through Thank everything you, I've been through. Hmm. I'd have threw you away a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> he said threw me away. Damn. Well, thank you for not throwing me away, sir. Well, one thing, I mean. I only keep positive men in my <laughs> Well, I can, I can attribute to that, though. Like, you know, it's been some years since I've been able to really get to know Star Bixler. Um, and I feel honestly privileged um, to have been able to get to know you. Like, I. For those of you out, out there, I met Star Bixler through because he was a great friend of my wife. But, you know, I can honestly say, like, what I've observed of you, not only in terms of, like, the efforts that you put into your kids, but, I mean, from my own observations, bro, like, if there's people in your life, in your circle, who don't demonstrate, you know, not that you're on some, like, cancel culture type stuff, but it's just like, yo, like, you're... I find that the expectation for you is that the people around you in your circle are going to need to be stepping up. Like, they just, I mean, that's my own interpretation of what I've seen of you. It's just like, yo, you don't surround yourself with nonsense. Are you being nice to me because you're on my <laughs> record collection? <laughs> <laughs> but straight up. Um, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Thanks, so, H-Town. No doubt. So it's just like, you Houston know. in the house. <laughs> but yeah. So, so um, Logan, I'd like to hear from you, man. You haven't mm-hmm. been, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on these things. Uh, there's a lot of different things kind of, <clears throat> I guess, running through my head because I think even as far as, like, just discussing a term and then even, like, my own, like, growing up, um, 
My parents were divorced. I was five. The thing about that, though, too, was um, they all, I mean, even to this day, like, you know, it wasn't until probably, like, a couple years ago I was told, like, actually why they finally split and stuff like that, though, too. But growing up, you would have thought they were just really good friends the whole time. Mm. And stuff. My mom got remarried, so I had a stepdad. And for me, it always just felt like I had two dads, right? So where one left off, the other one picked up back and forth and stuff. So I can say for my separation specifically, the thing that made it really tough, um, when you grow up with having just a parent or even say like my example of like men, right? Were a part of like me and my brother's lives whether or not we lived in the same house or not. The fact that I'm unable to do that is the thing that I think I suffer. <laughs> it becomes like traumatic for me because it's just like, I'm supposed to be doing this. This is what I was taught to do. This is what I'm, you know, and I'm like detached from it. I can't do it. Um, yeah. I think yeah. even with the emotional side yeah. of things, though, too. So, I get. With just, again, parentification, though, mm -hmm. too. One of the other things that strikes me about it is, in a weird way, at the end of the day, to me, it is about kind of forcing or teaching responsibility, right? Uh, I know, like, growing up, like, my dad, he... So my dad was a drill instructor, mm -hmm. and was in the military, like, for most of his life and stuff. Um, and even like he was an alcoholic and like drug addict and stuff though too at mm -hmm. one point. And the thing that even like in talking like talking to my mom about like just different things, she would talk about like even when they were married, it didn't matter. Dad come home like fucking like you know, drunk. But as soon as one of us cried, he was the one getting up doing everything. Wow. Like he was the one who would like sober up and it was like I remember even as like a teen when he would come pick us up. And he'd be driving, have beer or 40 or whatever in his lap. <laughs> Clearly, like, you know, he was drinking and driving. <laughs> this is the crazy thing about this is, like, my mom knew she could trust him that wow. nothing would happen to us. Wow. That. And for me, when I go through certain things with my situation, mm -hmm. for the mother of my kids to say something as if my kids are in danger or I'm somehow neglectful and this, this and that and it's like not an alcoholic. Right. Not a drug addict. Right. Don't like you know what I'm saying? It's just like well, what was it? And my mom is not crazy. Right, <laughs> like, right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like some of those things kinda go goes through my head though too, whereas even in defining that and I know my dad went through a lot of stuff in his childhood, which is even in talking to him more is like why he kinda got into certain things and stuff though too. But when it goes back to even like Christian saying the choice, my dad talks about my grandfather. He had a lot of kids too. Like at least my grandfather, he had a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. He didn't hug anybody except for his daughters. That was it. Wow. My dad growing up feeling that and actually even my uncle too. Because they grew up like that. Like we were always taught to hug. So like the men in my family, like we all hugged. That was never a thing that where, you know, people say like, you know, men don't really hug, you just do the handshake and stuff. Like, even me and my brothers, when we see each other and we leave, we hug and stuff. So, I don't know. It, it was just like a lot of just different things kind of run through my mind, just kind of hearing everybody talk, though, too. But 
um, I think to some extent though too for me the the takeaway from just parentification is just the whole thing of like responsibility because uh, I'm the middle of three at least with my mom and like uh, older brother's five years older than me my younger brother were 11 months apart so we were born in the same year wow. and stuff like that but wow. it was a thing with you know it took him a later time to really we'll say like get his shit together all around and stuff but even when he was kind of doing his thing, he was still somewhat responsible. It was never like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I think that was the thing that at the end of the day, it taught us. Because there was a time when even like before my mom got with my stepdad and stuff, even though we would see my dad, we would still be home. But we had chores. Like we'd learn how to tie ties and shine boots and all that stuff. And we had, we had to clean. We had to iron. We had to cook and stuff though too. So it was just like, these are just things that we were taught growing up and we were never allowed to make excuses mm. even to the point of trying to play parents against each other and stuff it was never a thing we were allowed to make excuses on anything so it was like responsibility and accountability i think is really the big thing that sometimes can be missed with i think even just kind of reading out uh reading about like parentification though too because it's like there's something normally you're just forced into and you kind of have to do it because you're yeah taking on the obligation of somebody else because they want to go do their thing you know but it's interesting because as you were talking I was thinking about what Marv was saying as far as like you know you saying like your pops might have had like you know some OE in his lap driving y'all but the nature of the relationship between your pops and your moms was such that they had built a trust a certain trust um that I mean would go beyond like what one might think like I mean you know n- not that it's the it's ideal crazy. situation it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy to even say but. but but she listen there was a trust there and so that was their relationship so I guess thinking about what you said Marv which is to say you know thinking about how you can take care of your little one despite what happened to you know between you and you know your ex-wife and just even the fact that it's been a number of years since I got divorced and I can honestly say just recently, mm-hmm. just recently, and we're talking eight years, mm-hmm. it seems like their mom and I are hopefully at a point where we're like, you know, trying to like actually like be beyond just the pleasantries and mm-hmm. okay. just being cordial, like actually having a conversation and mm-hmm you know, trying to kind of be on the same page where, where the kids are concerned. And, and I mean, to be honest with you, I'd love for that to continue because to your point, like it's going to be that relationship. Let's thinking of what you said, Logan, just the fact that there was this trust there and just thinking about like, how can you make it so that, you know, your little one's not dealing with the long-term effects of parentification because of what happened. It's just like the more we're able to hopefully nurture those kind, that kind of rapport you know, with our exes, it's only going to help. Now, is it ideal? No, but you know, it's a long, it's a far cry from arguing, going, you know, going at it constantly. You know, you going left, she going right. Y'all never on the same page. You know what I mean? And I say this too, Logan. Like, I respect your mom's for understanding her role in your life, in what her role as a mom was. And it sounds like to me, she was able to separate 
her relationship with your dad and his relationship with you all. Mm-hmm. And I, I talked about this early on, like in the first joint, where you know women gotta take ownership and responsibility. You know, I said it before. You, and fuck you raw like you, you had to develop some type of relationship with this person like you you know you, you had something with this person and when you can you know identify what that is and allow a person to parent as they should you know i think that's what develops healthy relationships you know that's something i had to learn also um in my own personal experience it's like you know you got to learn to co-parent like you got to be able to not parentify your own child mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so you don't repeat the cycle mm-hmm. um so shout out to your mom for just being able to, to do that and I think a lot of people need to understand the necessity and importance of that. You know, yes, we're not together anymore, but that doesn't mean, like you're saying, we can't be cordial, we can't talk, we can't talk about our children and their, future, and their futures. You know what I mean? I ain't trying to get with you no more. Like, you know what I mean? It's done, I'm mm-hmm. married, I'm, I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? Can I just chime in real quick? Um, I just wanted to address something you said, H-Town, just because I think one of the things that you have in your favor is the fact that your kids are grown. Mm. So your kids can choose whatever they want to do. Um, so it's not about like pick up, drop off, like all these like things that you're dealing with, Marv, because mm-hmm. you have a very small child. So I think as kids, like in my situation, I think things have gotten better as my kids hit the teenage years because um less coordination needs to be made so like with your kids they're grown so it's like they can do whatever they want which frees up you know your ability for you and your ex to like communicate because it's not you know tugging you know what i mean like it's already yeah. like they're already like they grown like yeah. they, they yeah. they're adults so yeah. it's like they they do what they want and y'all give them the space to do that whereas when you have I think when you're going through a breakup and you have kids that are a lot younger, you so know, possessive. well, I'm just saying like, it's your ego. It's like a lot of things, you know what I mean? Like you think you do it right. She thinks she does it right. You know, whatever, whatever. But like when the kids are super young and impressionable, it's just mad taxing. So like you're getting to the point the reason y'all can be where you're at is because the kids are grown. They can do whatever they mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. They could be like, peace, mom, peace, dad, and I'll just do my own thing. But, you know, whereas when you have kids that are little, you're trying to figure that mm-hmm. out, and the kids are still not developed enough. So, like, it's just like, it's just like status quo. Like you were saying, Mar, just in terms of like, oh, you what know, you, like it's just two worlds. Right. What do you think the best tactics are when trying to that situation what were your tactics uh each time when it came to pick up drop off or just those interactions yeah with her when things were i won't say volatile but you know not not the best or the ideal situation right so at first to be honest with you i was trying to kind of overcompensate for the time that they weren't with me um so they come over to and actually i had to move in with my parents at one point which was tough too, mm-hmm. um, just because you know, like, what forty-year-old wants to, you know, yeah. be back in the crib with their parents? But you know, um, it happened. You know, we lost. I had, couldn't maintain the house okay. on one income. Um, so at first, when the kids would be with me, I'd want to just be like fun, fun dad. You know, we go into the movies, we playing board games, we watching movies at home. Like, you know, we just having a great time. And I, 
And, you know, not to say that that was, you know, didn't have its own benefits. I mean, because, you know, they're having a great time with that, right? Um, but that wasn't the only side they needed me to show to them. Um, what I began to realize is that they needed me to be different from their mom in a different way. Mm. Like, I guess I felt like, you know, a lot of times they did, couldn't necessarily go out to restaurants when they were with her, go out to, not that they didn't have some things, but I felt like I wanted to fill that void. But what I began to realize is that there were other voids I needed to fill too. Like I needed to be willing to stretch my natural inclination, which is to um, avoid conflict um, and to nurture and you know it, it was leading to them being like entitled mm. um sometimes manipulative mm. um very much spoiled at mm. times um and so i had to try to think about what i knew of what they were getting with their mom and be like all right you know mom is doing her best but there's certain areas where they need me to be dad which mm. means i'm gonna have to make some unpopular choices right make some unpopular decisions because I need to make sure I'm giving them what a father gives a child. Right. Um, realizing to my best ex like understanding of what they were getting from their mom. Like we weren't talking, so I couldn't, all I could do was glean what I was hearing from them, you know, not, and not even necessarily directly. Um, but when I began to do that, it was very unpopular, mm -hmm. but um, I believe it was going to help them to just balance things out because, you know, being a disciplinarian again is not what naturally comes to me, but it's like you better be willing to discipline your kids if you want them to be successful. Um, and so that was kind of like what I did. I started trying to, you know, be the balance to their mother. Um, I feel like it paid off. I feel like I waited a little too long, but mm -hmm. again, like when you when you're when you when you've lost time with your kids, it's hard to know exactly how to go about it so that they haven't been traumatized by the impact of parentification. Right. You know, so that's that's what I tried to do. Some, something that you said um, <coughs> I had to think about. Um, a part of the reason why I want to work on that relationship, not only because it makes everything easy, it makes things like, like things as simple as like finding a school together, you know, things like that. Um, us making into appointments together, us, you know, just doing all these things. A part of it, like, I was having a conversation with someone, and they asked me, like, oh, how's, you know, what kind of mom is is uh, my daughter's mom? And, and I was like, yo, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I truly don't know. And she she don't, I mean, I, from, from the time when I see her parent is kind of when we do exchanges. And that's like, like, what, five Few minutes? minutes yes. <laughs> like, like, so I don't know. Right. I, I mean... Yeah, I just don't know, and that's kind of scary. <laughs> My child is with this woman, and I mean, I know who she is. Of course, I know who she is, and I knew who she was while we were together. But I just never got a chance to see her um, in that context. That was that was crazy to me. But like a part of why I would like to for us to develop some kind of relationship like that is because you know I do want to see what's going on on that side. I want to see how I could support on that side. You know, I want to see how we could come together and collaborate because really you know of course you understand how that's not the narrative though what do you mean of, of in society like oh. um i feel like um 
And don't get me wrong. I understand male privilege, all that kind of stuff. But in certain situations, like especially you two gentlemen, mm-hmm. with what you're going through, um, you're catching it. Right. And it's like it doesn't matter how nice you want to be or yeah. trying to be because once certain folks are in their feelings, mm-hmm. it becomes a competition and a game, and it's about winning. Um, it's not about what's best for said child. It's about winning. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, like, I, and I think that's what's so disappointing about so many relationships because I know, especially for myself, I tried to gear up for situations where things didn't work out and I felt like we were on the same page, but then when things went south, then we on some different shit. Right. And I'm like, oh, wow. So like, I don't know you. And it's like this person that was your friend, confidant, your mm-hmm. ride or die, things change real quick. Right. And it's like all of a sudden now, like it's this enemy shit Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not even where i'm trying to be but then you bring marriage custody Mm -hmm. like money 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 right and it's like oh so i mean i so today's a perfect example of that um today's a perfect example of that because i i experienced some of that today where i had to like channel my inner gandhi <laughs> um i had gandhi like to sleep with um <laughs> young girls no, to test not listen that. i just finished watching a seinfeld episode he was getting it fucked what yeah, he gandhi forced little fucked. girls gandhi? to to sleep in bed to gandhi, test Jesus his Christ. powers I, no, wow. I, I, had, I don't I, think he did anything with them, but that wasn't on seinfeld that wasn't on, <laughs> what was on what the hell? That, that's why people have problems with um, the statue of Gandhi in front of the Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, I was gonna say you know, I was gonna move on to Martin Luther King. Well, I mean, King. Martin Luther King did his. Oh, God damn it! I can't too. even go on to Martin Luther Martin, King. Martin, I know who it is. I know who that bitch is. She keep calling my house, ringing the three times, and hanging up. I know where you going that night. <laughs> Jesus. You can use Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm was angry though. I was trying to be peaceful. So nah, he was. Malcolm he was seemed to have been, you know. Malcolm uh, was woke. He was woke before woke was a thing. <laughs> he might have been one of the few who actually didn't step out on his. On his lady. Him and Obama. So today, today was an example of that where, where you know, I was like, hey, for my daughter, you know, why. Why not, instead of doing the exchanges out in the community, that we do it with, you know, you come on over and I can bring my daughter out. And, you, you say know. in the, like in front of the house? No, yeah, in front of the house. Let her, let, her, let her come on out in front of the house. It'll be an easy thing. You can have her. I mean, we live three blocks away from each other. Um, so I was like, you know, it'd be, but then the answer was, no, I think it'll be easier in the community. I was like, okay, okay. But it, it was like that. It's like one of those things. I'm like. Okay, maybe maybe next year we'll have this conversation mm. again. I mean, but it's just like you kind of, you kind of, and you don't know where their mind is at. You don't know if this is just a trying to be a conflict. You don't know if they're, but it's like you know this. You don't know what the case is, but it's like yo, honestly, you, we were together for X amount of years. We have a child together. Your child is with me five days a week. You, you, you should you should think it's okay to meet outside in front of my house. Like, yeah, yeah. So. 
yeah, that w- that was my that was my episode of that today. Yeah, but that, I guess that's the thing because even in my situation though too, I, I feel like that's reasonable, like right. It's like reasonably thinking mm-hmm. about everything though too. Whereas, you know, a lot of times it's just like ends up not being the case at all. Yeah, you know, and I think again, like to use the word of like disappointing though too. It's just like um, when people change from you know who you thought they were in the beginning though too it is really shocking though too because you really either figured out that you've been duped all this time mm-hmm. um and it's just i don't know it's it's tough to kind of deal sometimes though too but I, I think uh yeah at one point you could communicate and the only thing that changed now is you know technically you're not together right right and right. stuff but i mean i can remember like a time when um I had to be in the same room as my ex. It was mm-hmm. a doctor's appointment. Mm. And she actually bought a book to read to our youngest mm-hmm. just to avoid having to talk to me. <laughs> the issue was he was pretty young. He didn't care about <laughs> reading a book. He wanted to play around the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then I just continued to just be normal and talk to her and got her to laugh. Mm-hmm. And she got really mad that she laughed. <laughs> Like that was a thing gotcha, though, bitch. too. It was like crazy because it's just like okay, you can like we can still be normal yeah. and stuff. This goes and, back to the whole know. game thing. Like I gotta win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, we gonna take a little small break, but um, we'll be back in a few. Pay some bills. We'll check y'all later. <laughs> and we're back. What's up, good people? Yo. We back in the building. H Town had to check out, but you know what I'm saying? The rest of the crew is here. Mar, Logan, Starbucks, and your boy, the professor, aka Pretty Boy Free. You. Alright, so we're gonna get back into our conversation. Uh, I think where we left off is our parentification. We're still on that. Um, I wanna get into kind of self expression and self care as it relates to parentification. Okay. Which means how are we treating ourselves now that we've been parentified mm-hmm. um how does that look for you marv uh when it comes to how you are in your relationships how you're acting how you're perceiving yourself mm-hmm. and are you taking care of yourself um so a part of a part of um my divorce and a part of me being a single man again is me learning um to be selfish um that is so fucking hard um learn to put myself first um, cause I've never had an opportunity to learn that. And it's, and it still feel hard. Um, feels wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel guilty. Yeah. And so it's, it's, that's definitely hard for me trying to figure out what it is that I like. Cause I always feel like, you know, like com- that coming to America. Like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what, that's what it Park feels like. like. A <laughs> I know what I like. I want to know what you like. Exactly. Arf, arf, arf. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. A woof. So Up on one leg. I feel like I was like that in in relationships for so long. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I, I was like that in relationships for so long that that kind of became my identity. So, you know, I spend I'm spending a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, what it is that I do like, what it is I can do for myself outside of, you know, what I used to do. So that's how we stumble into dancing. Okay. <laughs> that's how we stumble into that. Um, you know, I started 
going to getting a, a manicure and a pedicure so my my, my nails look fly you know um yeah. i started getting a facial like so my skin was like popping yeah yo <laughs> yeah. i want to get into that you gotta show me where you go yo um, i went to hands and stone over oh hands and stone does yeah. facials yo, oh that's easy yo, I, I went over them. there got got me a facial i was like yo my skin was popping <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, just doing that and started per- yeah, going to a you? personal training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a dope ass skin exactly. Regimen, boy. Yo, I, Palmer's, I, I was scrub. I was talking to someone and her skin was soft, and I was like, "Yo, what do you do?" I was like, "That that could be my skin too." <laughs> Yo, my is your vagina soft? <laughs> <laughs> I wash my face. Word. <laughs> I moisturize. Yeah, man. Being selfish for me, like, I'm selfish in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, but like being selfish in a way that's self-caring, mm-hmm. um, say that again, being selfish in a way that's self-caring is very difficult because mm. um, I'm always thinking about what do the kids need? Mm. What does she need? You know, what does everybody need? And then when it comes to me, I'm just like, oh, I'm good. You right. know, I, I find a way to be good, you know. Um, and, and it's even hard because I, I got to say like in relationships too, when women are trying to treat me a certain way, mm-hmm. um, where from the outside in, you, that's how a woman's supposed to cheat you, but it feels so awkward. Right. I feel so awkward. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I feel like I don't have anything to do. Right. And I, I just, it just is weird. Like with the Virgin. Remember the Virgin? What? Who? Yeah. We love Virgin. <laughs> so there was this woman that you I You can I sign dated. up at. This woman that I dated. Beyond the shop. Dot. <laughs> Backslash. Backshots. No. Um, <laughs> no, there was a Virgin that I was dating. And she was like, all Do we about call that me. dating? We went on a few. I would say so. We went on a few dates. We weren't in a relationship, but we went on a few dates. We were talking. A grown version. I, I didn't even know they existed. Like no. born again or like actual? No, actual. <laughs> like actual, actual. <laughs> born again's my, better. I have my thoughts about the born again. No, no, no. Actual, factual. And so I remember like her giving Is me a lot of attention. Is she still a virgin? Attention. She I gave you what? A lot of attention. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I said anal. No, 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 A lot of attention. You know, uh-huh. she was holding my hand. She was in my face. You know, she was dating. Like she would, take, she would take me out on dates. She would buy food. She would try to get me drunk. All these different things. I need and it virgin. felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> it felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause I was like, yeah. she was trying you? too hard. Right. That's what it felt mm. like. It felt like it wasn't natural. She was trying to like, set up like the whole sixteen candles, like perfect. I'm losing yes, my virginity. Pretty much. Mm. That was it. But, you know, in that situation... She was trying to take care of you. She was. Mm. And I didn't know what... I think some of it was the 16 candle. I want to lose my virginity to this guy. Or I was a candidate at mm. the time. Mm-hmm. What's the black version of 16 candles? I don't, think I don't know what the hell a 16 candles is. That's more. That's, that's more Spanish. Wait, wait what's know. the 16 candles thing? What's that? What's Never that? mind. If you don't... Oh. Oh. Sorry, Jamaica. Oh. <laughs> 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 we had 16 pieces Ariana. of oxtail. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think a part of it was that, and another part was just genuinely being raised in the South and, you know, knowing how to take care of a man. And I'm just like, what are you doing? It it Mm -hmm. blew my mind. It was so weird and awkward. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think if I was in a better place mentally, I would have accepted that and, like, learned to move forward with that. Instead, I retreated into what I know, Mm -hmm. which is caregiver mode. And if I'm not in caregiver mode, this is uncomfortable. You got to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to say, because I was a part of it and coming off of like knowing what you came off of. Yeah. I really thought you were <laughs> running towards it mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, you're getting all the attention. 
But then when you broke it down to me, I was like, oh, yeah, she's cursed. Like, leave her alone. And then, lo and behold. Yeah, it made sense. that I mean, I, mean, I definitely made the right choice. You know, she was just looking for candidates. She was shopping around for candidates. Try to run through the whole squad. I was like, what? Oh, damn. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So, I wonder who hit. I don't know. It wasn't me. Not let's, it. Let, let's, put, <laughs> Not let, it. Let, let's put it out there. Not oh, it. Oh. <laughs> oh, whoops. Did I say that? <laughs> Yogi. <laughs> Yogi was it some yoga instructor? I don't know. But who I did some acro? <laughs> Fly on my dick. Yeah, oh, I don't care. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I say all to say it's interesting to have gone through the parentification and then try to parent my kids mm-hmm. and not parentify them. Mm-hmm. Um, let them be individuals. Let them experience emotions, feelings. Um, I give them a, a very wide berth, a long leash. They have to really no, do something. No, you got a wide crazy. vagina. Good they job. Gotta, they got they to do something real thing. crazy. <laughs> 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 they got to do something real crazy for me to get like crazy. Uh-huh. But then also, like, I know I have my own trauma, and I got I try to keep that from them. Mm. But then too, like, I don't know how it's gonna be when a woman who's trying to show me shine and give me attention, mm. if I'm gonna reject it, mm. or if I have to physically like you say, run towards it purposely and try to see how it goes. Well, I think you need to book a flight to Jamaica and go to hedonism <laughs> with Mar because I heard the white women have a preference. Wagwan. And yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. I know about that. And I know about that know, preference. They Talk like, about that. They, they, they like black men. They like Mandingo and they like Split Ash. <laughs> split. Um. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I think I, I definitely leave the kids at home, though, Kev. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have they to focus. Come. No, I'm not gonna let them come. Um, I'm you can go. I can. They can. I'll, I'll try to come. I don't know. I was I was on that island. I was on there. I was on the grill. I was at the grill. I was oh. down the block from hedonism. Oh. If yeah, I see but one more wrinkled white titty, I can't. <sighs> no, but when it doesn't there's matter. There's a lot of black folks. That was oh, a lot see, of I black folks. It was like ninety percent black. So no wait. So but is there two sides? Nude and prude. And prude uh-huh. Yeah. yeah but then it, I, so because mm-hmm. I, I have a friend, they they've gone like a couple. Times. Oh, everyone has friends. And I, <laughs> no, oh, oh I Logan went. Nah, I haven't gone. He pulled out his saber. <laughs> I slash you <laughs> the Millennium Falcon <laughs> and Amanthium all over the place <laughs> liquid liquid metal on everyone's <laughs> liquid, back liquid metal alloy oh my god uh, get out the way Sabretooth <laughs> yeah what were you saying I don't remember something <laughs> about hedonism you had a friend who went to hedonism uh-huh. uh oh so when they actually left, they said there was like a, I don't know, some sort of like group. They all went down and it was like, I mean, they all arrived. <laughs> they all, they all came all right. together. <laughs> 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 but they were all, it was like all black. Yeah. And stuff. So they had, it was like, the, it depends on which weekends and stuff or yeah. whatever. What the time that you go can really tell yeah. your experience. Like when we went there, there were. And when when we went, it was like uh, it was three black groups there, so there was lots of black and black folks. Um, when we're going back in oh, April again, again, when we, when I'm going back in April, it's I know it's gonna be one large group of like the DMV folks, like a bunch of black folks in the DMV area. It's so it's, some fun so it's gonna be a mm. bunch of us. I think it's like a hundred or something of us. Jeez. Um and. 
on top of whatever sweet people go. Swing low, sweet <laughs> chariot. <laughs> so, I mean, like, when, when I was there, like, that was when I went there. I was expecting to see a bunch of white naked folks, but no, nah, there wasn't. Hmm. The white folks that I saw was like old white guys with like hookers or girlfriends. No, but I'm pretty sure they're hookers. Uh oh, I hear kids. Uh oh, kids. Talking it's about church. Compton, <laughs> there he is. Hi, Compton. Gucci Mane. It's like Jurassic Park. You see, it's like, <laughs> right. Doom. Doom. <laughs> oh, that's going to be crazy. Oh, yes. Run the water while we're trying to record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Parentification. <laughs> Get my belt. <laughs> you know, we didn't talk about that. What? Is abuse a part of parentification? Like getting your ass beat? No, you get one. Um, is abuse a part of parentification? I think it, it depends on how you were uh, raised, you can though, have too. One. Mm. Because I, I, I think some of that is. Go share and bring it back. Everyone looks at uh, or defines discipline in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, like earlier, my dad was a drill instructor. Mm-hmm. I can count on my couple fingers on one hand, like how many times we actually got a beating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything else was him like talking to us, or we've had to do <laughs> something called like the thinking position, mm-hmm. oh, where it's like a push up, a stress like, position. Yeah, you mm. got to do like that and mm-hmm. hold it. Mm. And so I don't know if that's considered abuse or not. I had a meal on rice. I heard yeah, ninja. That was a Catholic yeah. thing, right? No, that was a, uh, yeah, probably a Puerto Rican Catholic. That sounds like ninja, <laughs> like training. <laughs> Neil on Rice, Holdies, Encyclopedias. Oh shit! Uh, Stress yeah. training. Yeah. I think they do that in Iraq. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was like the thing though too, because I remember, uh-huh. like even with uh, my son mm-hmm. and stuff though too, where, you know, it's like you have to consider, it's like, what do you? How do you like discipline? Because you can talk for a while, mm-hmm. and it only goes so far, right? But then being someone who was raised in, in the we've ghetto, gotten hit. yeah. Look, right. at, so like well, even with my son, I, I can say it's probably like I can count a, probably a similar amount. Like I've only I'll say pop him. Mm-hmm. I've never had to like beat him. Right, right. It's only had like a couple times, and every other time after that because it. I guess the fear was instilled in him with mm-hmm. that of like that the feeling of it or something not that i was like throwing him around right, or anything right. like that but it was just like i just had to speak to him stern right. that was it right you know or and choke I, <laughs> no We're not, not choke We're not hug him kids. with my hands around his neck <laughs> a but loving Compton. embrace no but it was just like the thing of you know uh like i never played the game of counting down though too it's right. just like no you have to get used to when i talk you figure out what we're saying and you do it like right. you know yeah. um yeah but i guess it's the thing of structure and discipline and stuff you can define it a lot of different ways and stuff and the thing of just not allowing certain excuses i guess for, for myself well black discipline just looks different mm. yeah. yeah you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's already i mean when when you look at it across the board like I mean, I think it's hilarious when I go to Clark Park and there's like the, <laughs> the, the 25 countdown. Now, Johnny, I'm only going to count the 25. <laughs> Let me come over there and beat Johnny's ass. 23, 24, uh, 25. Johnny, if I play, I won't. No, wait. Bring your you're ass. still not listening. Yeah. That, look, that was the thing, but, though, too. Even understanding, like, in my own situation and... 
we'll say disputes that I had with the former significant other. Mm-hmm. My thing was like, uh, if he, you feel he's smart enough to recite Langston Hughes, <laughs> he understands oh, when that's he important. said yes or no. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he just said no, and you asked him to do this. How yeah. many times now? Right. Like he, I would think, and if we're saying that our children are smart, that he understands exactly what he said. And understands, you know, what you're asking him. He's being so, defiant. Yeah, and it, it's just like, well, how do you address that? And it's yeah. just like, yeah, you know, you speaking to someone stern or uh, having them be responsible for, you know, following a, a policy or rule, whatever it is, it's just like, that's okay. Because this is where kids, to me, uh, feel like they can get away with certain things, though, too. Or that opens up the, you know, the idea of now you're testing me. And stuff though too. Let's not play that game right. at all, right. and let's just kind of make this work in a harmonious way. Base oh, is wow. amazing. You think that's a thing? Toxic masculinity. Of course, that's a thing. Lord. I wonder. I wonder. This, you know, you you bring this to to a point, but I wonder if that's what parentification of men has come and in, turned into. Well, define it. What's the what? What's the definition? Toxic mas- toxic masculinity. Uh, that's not the definition. That's not the definition, though. but if someone can pull it up, um, I know I but hear But this it is often. when it's not a problem. Right. I hear it often, but it's interesting to think about how how toxic masculinity can be a result of our grooming and parentification from women who are suffering trauma. Wow. That's something I want to think about um, and, and maybe ask some questions about. So we think about toxic masculinity. We have... A set of attitudes and ways of behaving stereotypically associated with or expected of men regarding as having a negative impact on men and on society as a whole. I don't know if I get that what that can be means. A, yeah, that can be a lot of things, though, too. Well, it's also Google. So okay, I so mean. it says, so this, is, this might be a, a, a more colloquial version. The destructive message associated with toxic masculinity can lead to men feeling entitled to engage in violence against women. Okay. So, Mm-hmm. So that seems we definitely are entitled, right? Because we have we privilege. Have, we have a certain privilege. Mm-hmm. So this is saying that we utilize that privilege to. I don't want to use the word engage in violence, but I guess what have our say what we want to say. Do we want to do? I mean, I, I I think there's a lot of truth to that in terms of, um, you know, I've been in many situations where if a woman is dressed. A particular way men feel as though we okay. have access so okay. if you see someone dressed in hot pants or whatever whatever someone's gonna give that ass a slap it's like the Dave Chappelle thing and he's like it, it's he's got like guys it's, it's an old one uh-huh. but he talks about us like you know uh, walking up you know and the, like the the person has on like you know dressed like a, a police officer and you run up like help 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 and they're like just because i'm dressed like this doesn't mean that i'm a police officer and i'm entitled to help you it's just, i mean that but it's a it was a i get it point, yeah but it was yeah. just like what the the point that he makes about it though too because of course like what you said though too it's still a stereotypical uh definition of it all though too and kind of going along with that stereotype and doing certain things out of entitlement um that kind of comes with just the definition but yeah, that was just, I thought it was an interesting way to kind of yeah, frame definitely, it. Definitely. Though, too. Not saying that it's right or condoning it in any way, but um, it's like, I think sometimes it's difficult because we live in a world with a lot of different stereotypes. 
and just because you want to define something differently than what typically most people see it as, um, you can't automatically expect everyone else to accept that right away. Though, too, they have to learn that behavior similar mm-hmm. to when we talk about like nature versus and, nurture. Yeah. And even like instances, though, too, where it's just like, you know, whether, I mean, I guess talk about like different bathrooms, right? Like who uses what bathroom? I knew trans was going to come into this at some point. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, too. But it's just. Are you transphobic? No, no, not Logan. at all. But my, Logan. But my thing, though, too, is even with that. That's a good just name, like, Logan. See? But everything, like, I mean. Everything is hypersensitive right now. Everything is hypersensitive. It like is. you can't say anything. But then you think about like to go to your earlier point, uh, Logan, uh, perception in this whole toxic masculinity thing. I'm just thinking about it. Like we talked about a lot of this earlier. Like mm-hmm. two people in the household taking two different paths, give, but given the same kind of nurture, same kind of environment. So it makes me think of in this situation, um, can you become a toxic male? because you want to do the opposite of what you were parentified to do. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like, okay, well, my mom wants me to be the stern, controlling person to lead. Right. And do you take that that next step where you become entitled to feel like I can walk in the room? And I don't even think it goes that far. I mean, if you're a man, you're masculine, right? Not necessarily. No. Not necessarily. So not I, can, necessarily. I can say really? this. Uh, no. Well, no. I, 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 can say, I can say I'm not. Yeah. I'm not overly masculine. I didn't, like, uh, no, I didn't say overly but I mean, this, this I just masculine. said masculine. Oh, I don't, right. I don't so, know. But so here, you're you're more feminine. I think I have a lot more feminine characteristics. Really? I do. Your vagina itching right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a physical feminine characteristic. <laughs> you're talking about if you're talking about like even like characteristics. So for me, I don't watch any sports right, and stuff right. like that. I'll go to Super Bowl parties and stuff, but mainly for the food and then laugh at people talking social. shit. Okay. I get that, though. So, all right. Have you gotten the reports about how angry and how violent and <laughs> how you... Well, but I am feeling threatened. Where are your shades? Well, Where are your shades? <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, His too. eyes! I can't look at I can say it with certain... Your name's Ben, so that's like a microaggression because you're, you're a boy, a man. But it's like... Benjamin. Logan. Logan. Look, his men Logan. in his name. There's men in his Benjamin. Benjamin. Oh, Ben. Jam. In. Yeah, you know, Jam in. Just forcing his way in through, yes. you know. Just forcing your way in. Look, I mean, but not. Nah, it's just like, that's the thing, though, too. It's like... You talk about the whole "don't let the tight shirt fool you" thing. Yeah. Right? That's my favorite. That, so when you die, that's going on your tombstone. Because <laughs> that, like, that's the thing though too. Is like again, you know, you like tight shirts. I I like tight shirts. You know, I don't dress for me. I dress. As a... <laughs> <laughs> I like my shirts like I like my Look, vagina. I but that's the my thing. Face, <laughs> I use a scrub. But that's I the comb thing. my hair, but, I cut my nails. But all of that stuff, though, too, these clean, are things that there's guys up. who say they don't, like, somehow that's feminine for doing that. But it's yeah. like, but your girl wished that you, you did, did that. that. I mean. Though, too, and that's the shit that they're paying attention to. I though, iron too. my clothes. Yeah. I coordinate. Bang, bang, bang. I and coordinate. Then, and I guess that's the thing, though, too. This is Mushroom probably belt? off topic. Mushroom belt. But it's like. For another guy to notice, like, oh, you got this on and you got this, and it's like, yo, you're not even looking at me like that. Like, why exactly. are you? Exactly. Like, that's the stuff but where I'm it's gay. just, yo, but, yo. But I mean, we stunt. We I stunt. Don't stunt. I look good for me. No, no, no that, that's not what I'm saying. Oh. I'm saying like, 
someone is going to hate on you because the girl's looking at you. So they're going to come up with all this, like, oh, gay, this, that, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, toxic masculinity. Yeah. And see, these are the, th- like, I'm not trying to discredit any of that. Like, I believe that that exists. Mm-hmm. But, like, at what point does it become a detriment to whom? Well, it depends because I think when we're dating women, they all have a certain. Well, body. we're no wait. Well, see, someone feel we're, we're having a conversation that is very close knit. Because see, right. I think where toxic masculinity comes into play, it's not necessarily just talking about women. It's where the trans shit starts. Mm. Explain. What do you What's mean? It? You got some explaining to do. What do you mean? Well, right, because like you know, just like assigning different labels, like. Everyone wants to do the pronoun thing, but I'm pretty sure that no one at this table has ever been asked what their pronoun is. Why is that? Because the same people that want that question asked are not asking those questions. So you're doing something. No, you want something done that you're not doing. Why is that? So you're saying that the folks who are who are I'm talking that I'm saying that trans people people. that want to be that want to adhere to pronouns Mm -hmm. are not asking those questions. Mark have has anyone ever asked you what your pronoun is? Um no. For real. No, no. I I wonder why. I mean even even like, you know, even in social work school. (laughs) I wonder why. Yeah, even in social. No one school. would think that you identify as a woman. I wonder why. It's because my beard. <laughs> oh, because your beard's so big. But that doesn't mean anything. Right, right. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything because you can be what you want to be. Yeah. But no one asked. So Logan, how about you? How many times have you been asked what your pronoun is? Never been asked pronoun, um, but I can say like there's been. See, that's the thing, though, too, because I've had people say, like, they don't know if I was gay or not. That's different. Is it? Very. How? Because that's not requesting a different pronoun. That's just who you're sexually attractive to. No, but you're still presuming something about somebody. No, and I understand. Like, I understand that we prejudge people all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I would just assume that, you know, Marv... Is just a strong Jamaican warrior king, <laughs> but on the flip side, he's actually a bitch. You know, like. Oh. <laughs> oh, <you're dead>. <laughs> but he can cook. You know what I mean? But you know, he gets, he gets his fingers and his toes done. You I know. I'm with you, fam. Look at my man. They look well, amazing. Bitch, bitch, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. No. Like, why, like so, many so, degrees. But no, but you think about this. Why? Why does self care make me a bitch? This is what I'm saying about the entire conversation about toxic masculinity. Are you being toxic right now? Of course. Uh, I'm always going to be toxic because I'm always going to be the man-man. Like I said, no one has ever asked me what my pronouns are. No one would ever look at me as anything but he, him. Like, 
I, I actually, I mean, to be honest, though, too. You were first, questioning my, what? I thought you were a they. No, <laughs> stop, see? Just, you got to leave. Don't, don't you got some packages to deliver? Christina Star. Hey, girl. How you doing? You know, yeah, Star is kind of you to say. See? See, I'm done. See, this, yes. toxic, this toxic masculinity is destroying this whole conversation. That's right. I can't even. I know. I can't even say my name is and Star And I fed B. you. I Star fed B. you. How did we get here? I don't know. I think we're just wilding out right now. They call me Star B for Star Bitch. <laughs> See the hate? See? I love it. They are very upset right now. We must change the topic. I'm sorry. That was a good tangent. I love that. I'm sorry. Two snaps in approval. <laughs> How are you doing? Yes. Um, but no, I think it's interesting. Like, you know, my model was my mother. Uh-huh. And my mother was a pretty woman. She took care of herself. So this is why I, I keep my shit together. She wore heels. I wear heels. <laughs> I don't wear heels. I didn't have a pair of the in high school, though. I did have some cowboy boots. You know, they were popping. Uh-oh, um, Buffalo Bill. But I did I did make sure I, you making the skin I suit. A, I kept yeah. a good regimen. But it also came from, again, going back to parentification, it also came from low self-esteem that I developed mm. from all of this. You can't mm. have low self-esteem if you wear an ashless jet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a pair of those. I don't own a pair of Wait till I go to Hito. <laughs> Yo, please get him a ticket. <laughs> no. But yeah, I mean, I Tell did, me I going mean, somewhere else. <laughs> a lot of my grooming habits came from saying, oh, you know, again, I didn't feel overly masculine. There were boys in the class who girls just automatically were attracted to. You know, he was boy boy, manly man. And I was just a regular dude. That's Not even with the 360s? No. Damn. No. I was, like I said, I was Steve Urkel. I was a nerd. I had the glasses. You know, I went to Catholic school. I had the uniform. Steve Urkel I was, wasn't I was cool, in the top though. I the class. I mean, I understand that, but like when you, you were Stefan. No, when you look at me, you saw Steve. Then when you interacted with me, mm-hmm. you Stefan Urkel. Right. Urkel. You, that's how it was. No, no, no. I don't believe that. I'm serious. All right. I'm telling you what it was. Like, you know, so it was just like, so I groomed myself a certain way because I was like, I got I to gotta, I gotta meet a certain standard. I got to at least be like this. Mm. You know, I got to at least dress well. My shit's got to be sharp. My hair's got to be on point because Yo, I don't Yo, Urkel didn't do any of that. Me. I understand. That's why I said, like, when you look at me, you don't look at football player, manly man, you know, Letterman jacket. You look at nerd. You know, that's what I mean. So, like, I was like, well, if I'm going to be a nerd, I'm going to at least be a cool-looking nerd. You know what I'm saying? So, my shit was always coordinated. My shit was always tight. I kept the hair thing together because I was like, I got to compete. And this is how I can compete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can I can be clean. So, when girls looked at me, oh, he is clean. He is neat. He is always da 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 Is he gay? I don't know. But he's super cool. And so, you know, that's just how it was. That works. So, and that's how I got... What I got and I'm gonna chill with who I chill. Yeah, gay is the name of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when I turned. Happy metro- to be here. But no, <laughs> that's when I turned metrosexual was out, and I fucking hated that term because uh, it was very predatory. And it's, it's it was. Like I yeah, almost yeah. created that persona in order to get women. I was like, nah, this is just who I am. I just right. like to be clean, neat, and organized. Right. And I was a pretty boy. That's when pretty boy became metrosexual. I was like, nah, mm. I'm a pretty boy. Like, I'd that's where Pretty that. Ricky like, came yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather yeah. be that. Like, I, you know, I was smooth. Pretty boy freak. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There he is. All right. Here no, we forgot go. the name. Yeah, I, I guess in high school, I was just considered the cute nerd. Hmm. And then I became older. And then, yes, please. And you got shacked up, dumbass. Nah, <laughs> uh, no. Look. <laughs> this is it. Anybody? No, I'm good on mine. Nah, I still have it. 
Oh, oh, no, okay, come on, come on. I can't kill that. No, no, yeah, she you can. can't kill that. That's like two centimeters. No, it's not. I still got a hole. Hey, we've been I'll take a sip. Look, there's nothing. No, that's oh, that's it. That's it. That's oh, oh that's yeah. Peer pressure. We've been oxy uh, intoxic. <laughs> well, you had the you had the right glass. <laughs> <laughs> intoxicated masculinity. There you go. Here we go. Intoxicated masculinity. To the brothers in drunk. the room. Call oh, me drunk. Oh, oh, oh. Call me drunk. Oh, hold on, Marv. You didn't touch. Come on. Oh, there we go. Touching tips. At least it's not tummy sticks. Come on. Ben, don't waste that whiskey. Don't waste the whiskey. I'll sleep. Don't spit up. Don't spit up. I'll sleep. Yo, when I learned what that shit meant, I was like, yo. What is it? Tummy sticks? Is that what I think it is? I hope so. Explain. Yeah, I don't know if I understand anything. Don't I mean, there was, there was I, I think there was a movie where it talked about it, but I had a friend tell me about it, and then I was at Asbury Park, and I saw it, and I was like, oh. I don't know. Asbury Park? Is that? That's that beach we went to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How you doing? Uh, yeah, Everybody exactly. It was... Wendy Williams approved. <laughs> Everybody was on that beach. Uh, I said, yeah. where does he have me? What is going on? Yeah, I almost died on the gay beach. Thank you, Christian. That was that time it's I was It's not drunk. a gay beach. It's a gay friendly beach. Oh, okay. Uh, so that flag and everybody having that. Oh, well, no, those, those are great. Like the gay flag with the like American flag. Like, oh. I saw right, a, right, right, right. An asexual because asexuals have a flag now too. Is an asexual Do they? flag? Why do they have flags? I don't understand. They add a color. It's like oh, it's it's, it's, it's radiance of gray and purple. <laughs> it's, ra- it's it's radiance of gray and purple in the triangle. Uh, oh, so it's like Squid Games. Squid Games. Okay. I want one. I think I might get hanging out. I just think I was asexual when I was young in my twenties. I was like, I might be asexual. This this might be what's going on. What does that mean? It's kind of like you know, you don't. um, No, no, that no that. Well, Um, no, you were asexual, so I I definitely want to hear this. My my thought on about it was like I wasn't overly sexualized. Like I didn't need to have I didn't need to have sex. Like I didn't never chased sex like that, and I can kind of do without it. Um, It was just kind of the opinion. Out of circumstance. Just no, out of just out of lack of out of need and like, out of lack but of But I'm interest. saying if someone was tugging on it, then what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can perform if I needed to. Right. I wasn't so overly, that... I wasn't overly like looking for. So a lot of men go out in the world and you know you flirt, you you're looking for mm-hmm. a partner, you're looking to maybe get into something. I'm not that guy. Like I just I'm out, I'm chilling. I'm actually looking for conversation. Like, huh? You know. So like sex. There's so many things that have to happen for me to want to have sex, mm. which makes a lot of women think, oh, he's gay or something's wrong with him because he's not coming. Can you get him really. a ticket? Tahito's so like, no, I'd be in Hito and I'd be like, ill, get away from me. Because I, 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 or you'd be like, no, 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 no but there's yes. con. I heard that you go. I heard there's condoms everywhere. It's not about, it's it's not not about, about that. that. It's like everybody don't turn me but on. See, Everything but see, this is the on. thing. This is the thing about Hito, and this is the misconception. Maybe I should be the one that cleared this up. Wait, are we still recording? We're just talking. Yeah, we're still recording. <laughs> <laughs> this will be for like episode five or six. Episode five or six, Hito. Hito is a toxic masculinity. <laughs> um. Well, this is the thing about Hito. The thing that I liked about it wasn't even like the fact that. Do you ha- do you have to have been there to call it Hito? Nah, it was 
Yeah, and everybody call it that. Okay. Yeah, I mean like I want to be cool hold on, and hold on. with it. Let me do an outro for for the thing, and we, then we can just talk. Okay, so go let for me, it. Let me let me get to the top of this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Still talking. Flyest niggas in the world. <laughs> Whose world is this? Mmm. So we signing off. Okay, I like that. Yeah. All right, y'all. So we're going to call it a wrap. You know what I'm saying? After the shop. A good conversation tonight. Uh, we look forward to hearing back from you guys in the future. Uh, we'll hit you up with the next one. So until next time, we out. Peace. And we Peace. fade. Yo.